my wonderful friend, welcome to Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Krita, your host today, and I'm very happy to be with you. Thank you for tuning in. It's our privilege to have you with us, and also I would like to invite you to be part of this program, not only listening, uh, but uh, you can send us a text message uh, as the program goes on, and you can share with us live. You can share your uh, thoughts, maybe a prayer request, maybe a question. Today we are going to pray a bit more, because uh, the things going on in this world uh, requires a lot of prayer from us all. And um, it's, uh, yeah, very good to have you with us. But I also am happy to welcome uh, in the studio, too, today, and our um, co-host, uh, Tracy Papandreou. Uh, Tracy, good to have you with us. Hi, Nick. Glad to be here. Uh, Tracy, as you know, uh, if, just in case if you tune in for the first time, uh, Tracy is uh, uh, very passionate of sharing uh, Jesus uh, with us on radio. And she's a member of uh, the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Australia, Brighton Church. How things are in Brighton Church uh, lately, uh, Tracy? I haven't asked you for a while. It's good, it's good. We don't have any particular programs going on, but uh, we've always got a, a nice service on, on Saturdays and we welcome any new people. Come along, 11am. Uh, we'd love to, to see you there. Do you have an address in mind? Do you know? It's just escaped out of my mind. Okay, that's <laughs> a- Amelia. That's <laughs> Amelia Street. I think it's 11. It's re- you're right. 11 you're right. Amelia Street, I knew Brighton. you asked me that. <laughs> and I, I, I can see here David is uh, smiling because he probably knows the address also. David, Good to have you with us also. David is the director of Family Voice Australia for South Australia and Northern Territory. We really enjoy him coming with us on Friday, but it's good to have you joining us in the studio because for the last few weeks uh, we were doing uh, over the phone or Zoom. Uh, yes, David. Uh, lovely to be with you once again, Nick and Tracy. And I thought, Nick, when you asked Tracy how things were going at Brighton, that she might say, well, very bright, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I like your... Uh, I'm a bit slow today, obviously. <laughs> uh, me too, but uh, David... It's always sharp, you know. Yes, he is. He's not sharp <laughs> only with time, but he's sharp. Hey, um, it's good to have a little bit of atmosphere here in the studio, just uh, relax a bit. But at the same time, uh, we are um, broadcasting during some difficult times mm. in the world. And even here at home in, uh, in Australia, I just heard on the news now that it may hit us uh, with a lots of expenses, you know, because of the war in, uh, in Ukraine. And yeah. uh, the petrol is going uh, over the roof. Uh, I was um, kind of blessed to fill in uh, a bit cheaper, but that's not enough because then the next time when I will fill in, it will be expensive. Mm. Uh, but you see all these things happening and we don't know how people are struggling with things in life. And that's what I would like, my dear friend uh, listening there, uh, share with us a story, share with us uh, something which you you think that's worth to, to share with our listeners. The, the main uh, topic of the week was uh, truth in the age of fake news. And we talked about a few questions like, can truth exist in the age of fake news? Or um, what did the New Testament teach 
about deception. You see, the Bible talks about uh, these sort of things also. Do all religions lead to the same end? Is it arrogant to say Jesus is the only way? That was a question which we asked just the other day, and uh, I believe we we looked into the Bible and understood that um, indeed Jesus is the ultimate way. You know, He's the only way. Yeah, that's how we find out from the Bible. But today we are going to ask a question like, uh, is just Jesus enough? And I may uh, start with you, uh, David. Yes. I may start with you just asking, um, asking you, is it uh, adequate to say just Jesus is enough? Mm. Well, Nick, it is certainly necessary for all of us to rely wholly and solely upon Jesus. We throw ourselves upon him. There's no other rock there's no other name by which we may be saved. However, it is also the case that it's so easy, isn't it, just to glibly re- recite his name. And, you know, Jesus spoke very strongly about people who would say, oh, Lord, Lord, in your name we did this, that, and the other. And he will say terribly, I never knew you. Mm. So the, the answer the answer is yes and no. Uh, we have. It depends on what we mean by just Jesus. If we're just throwing his name around and just thinking, well, you know, he'll forgive my sins, I can just do what I like, that's a very dangerous position mm-hmm. to be in. But if we, with humility and sorrow, Come to him and say, Lord, I am, uh, uh, forgive me. You know, we think of that man who came and said, Lord, have mercy upon me. That man who said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. You know, mm. it's that broken spirit, that contrite heart that God will not reject. And so let's not be glib about saying that, uh, you know, we'll just let Jesus handle everything and yeah, I believe in Jesus and uh, so what kind of thing. But no, we need to take very seriously, uh, his, his name is above all other names. He's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we we mess around with him at our peril. Mm-hmm. So we need to be very, very sober about this, Nick. Now, I like that, uh, how you put it, David, because, uh, yeah, even some other examples in the Bible, like the, mm. the thief on the cross, for him was enough. Just yes. Jesus, you know, uh, in that um, occasion. But Correct. for us as Christians, for many years, even though Jesus is the only way, as you said, but we have a lot of things to do ourselves, not because we are saved through the mm. through the works, mm. Mm. but otherwise we may misrepresent uh, Jesus. Now, even yeah. before I'm uh, asking another question, uh, or if you have a thought to continue on. Uh, yes, what, I, was, um, yeah. I was just going to say that when we look at those seven churches in Revelation, mm-hmm. we see people who claim to be in Christ, but what a mess those churches were in. All right, I was going to ask then uh, about, uh, uh, to tell us a little bit more about those uh, seven churches in Revelation, but uh, let me just remind our listener, because I just forgot to give the phone number, in case if they want to come with us uh, and send the text message, the phone number where you can text us is 0488. Double eight zero eight double one, and that's the usual number which we give out. Uh, this is also for um, our free offer, which we'll have it a little bit later. Uh, again, I'll repeat the number zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one, and you can come uh, live with us uh, by sending a text message, and we'll share that uh, on radio. Now. Share with us, David, a bit more about those seven churches in yes, Revelation. Yes. Well, I think this goes very much to the heart of what we're discussing today. Is is just Jesus enough? Well, for those seven churches in Revelation, they were really messing around with the name of Jesus, if I can put it that way. Because, you know, Nick and Tracy, 
two out of those seven were commended and five out of the seven were in trouble with the Lord. Mm. It's just a staggering statistic. So we'll just look at their names briefly and and describe who they were. There's Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Now, Ephesus had forsaken its first love. What an indictment on any church. It's like uh, in, a, in a marriage, you know. Can you imagine one party, the husband or the, or the wife, saying to one another, uh, we've, lost, we've lost what we used to have. It's just a tragic thing. And then Smyrna, on the other hand, was commended by the Lord. It was one of the two out of the seven that was commended. Turning to Pergamum, well, they allowed teaching about idolatry and sexual immorality, and so they were in trouble with the Lord. He was warning them to repent, and the church of Thyatira tolerated Jezebel and her teaching about sexual immorality. Mm. And then the church of Sardis, well, it was reputed to be alive, but as far as the Lord was concerned, it was dead and it needed to wake up. And then the church of Philadelphia was commended by the Lord, and finally the seventh of those churches, Laodicea, oh, lukewarm, and in danger of being spat out of the mouth of Christ. So all of those churches thought that they were okay. Just Jesus, yeah, we've got Jesus, and, and that's fine. But no, where was the repentance? Where was the sorrow? Where was the waking up? And instead of being lukewarm, where was the red-hot passion for God and his things? Mm. Oh, wonderful. And just to mention that those seven churches, they were not only, uh, they were like physically in the Asia Minor, but um, they represented all over the history, even up to our days, because uh, most of the Christian, many Christian I heard about, using these words that we live in a time of Laodicea mm. and the, the condition of Laodicea as you just said is not good is no. not pretty no, and um, we may need to look seriously and repent and uh, allow Jesus to do the work in our life but let me ask you this uh, question David do churches have an obligation to be salt and light uh, even in the political arena yes well, you're really stretching our thinking there by that excellent question, Nick, because it's easy for us to say, yes, Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, and we want to uh, commend his lordship to everyone. But look at the mess our culture is in. The children being raised in our culture, they're being raised in a much more dangerous world than you or I were raised in in the West. Uh, and the values, the collapse of values, the collapse of family, the collapse of faith and freedom, uh, the passage of of wicked legislation through our parliaments. All this is happening under our watch. So as God's people, we've got to ask, well, are we being lukewarm mm. when it comes to proclaiming Christ, Christ in the political arena? Because don't forget, of course, Nick, he said that we should go into all the world, and that includes politics. That's part of the world, isn't it? Mm. We go to ev not just every country, but every part of every country, including its political realm, uh, the media, the judiciary, the police, correctional services, education, healthcare, etc. Uh, in all of these places, we should be proclaiming Christ. But it seems to me that we are being lukewarm, and therefore we are in danger of being spat out of the mouth of Christ. Mm. Oh, very well said. Uh, and I want to put a, a plug here uh, right now, actually. I'm inviting our listeners who are in Adelaide, live in Adelaide here, uh, for a meeting uh, on Sunday at 3 p.m. in Victoria Square 
to support the Ukrainian mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. who is going to meet together uh, there and pray for the situation in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need to politicize over things. We don't need to be involved necessarily in uh, in those uh, those things, but we need to be part of it. We need to even offer alt- alternatives. We need to show that we are we know God and uh, we can be changed. Mm. And I know I, I can talk about myself, uh, about the change. Uh, David, uh, yes. how would you like to pray, yes. to pray for the people in Ukraine? Yes. Well, some good things are happening in, in the midst of trouble because the West is finally coming to the situation. Just today, $13.7 billion has been pledged by the United States by way of assistance to the suffering people of Ukraine. It's a massive amount of money. Uh, And the uh, British public is going to be accommodating some Ukrainian refugees. So some things are happening in that respect. And I read the other day that when Queen Elizabeth met with the Canadian Prime Minister to discuss the situation, just there in the background, the vase contained yellow and blue flowers you know the queen is in solidarity with the people of the ukraine mm. and subtle messages like that as well as tangible help money and and accommodation all of these things are putting pressure on russia and its leadership and i amen to that so let's pray and just before you pray i should probably just mention david if you could also pray for the uh, Russian people. Yes. Because I believe they are suffering terribly too, uh, many of them. And That's let's right. also pray that Putin, yeah. his mm, heart would, yeah. be, yeah. would be softened, you That's know, because, right. because we have an amazing Jesus and he can, yes. the Holy Spirit can, can move however. Yes. Now, Putin may or may not um, resist what the Holy Spirit mm. is trying to do, mm. but you know we certainly need to be praying for him as well. But intercessory prayer—it's yes. it's wonderful, yes. and that's what we can do, even yes. if he likes it or not. You know, <laughs> if he receives it or not. <laughs> yes. Okay, David, just lead yes. us in prayer. Our Father, we commit to you this terrible situation in the Ukraine, and we do pray that you will intervene divinely, mm. but also that you will give wisdom to leaders in the West, in particular. We thank you for this this pledge of support coming from Britain and from the United States for Queen Elizabeth's personal concern about the matter. We do pray for the people of Russia who are suffering as well. It's not their fault that their leaders have let them down, but so often it's the case that uh, leadership is ungodly. So, Father, deal with that leadership, we pray. Turn around Vladimir Putin, we pray. Speak to him and bring conviction. Encourage the people of Russia, we we pray. Give strength and boldness and uh, an ability of stickability to the Ukrainian people as they are are suffering. And, and Lord, bring this matter to a swift conclusion, we Mm. do ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, David. Thank you so much for that prayer. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Well, welcome back. Uh, Again, that was uh, just a little... little, um, Ad for our supporters. Um, we are able to broadcast uh, because of the help of uh, uh, Adventist World Radio also. And uh, I like to give now the book which we have for today, even early in the program, but we'll come back to this a little bit more. This is a wonderful book called The Truth, The Whole Truth and Nothing But the Truth. Oh, what a title, eh? Um, I think um, that will stir some uh, some interest. Um, is there a place where you can truly find meaning of life and the path to eternity? Is there a message that contains the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? This book 
turns to the thousands of pages of the Bible from which so many people have found answers to their most profound questions. The scripture, the most widely distributed book of all time, continues to be as true today as when it was written and as vital for our generation as for those in the past. Don't hesitate today to get this book by uh, George Knight and you can send us a text message with the code SA35. The phone number again where you can send the message is 04-88-880-811. Please don't hesitate. This book uh, is free to you, free of charge, no obligation. All right, let's, um, Tracy, come back to our um, um, topic today and uh, the question which we have for uh, um, for today, is just Jesus enough? Now, David uh, shared with us uh, uh, very, uh, very nicely, you know, about uh, giving a, a bigger picture, you know, uh, about uh, uh, how important is Jesus, but how important um are we also as part of God's family? But what's your uh, take on this? Well, I, I really liked um, David's answer. You know, it <laughs> kind of depends what you mean by is is just Jesus enough. And this can be a really confusing thing mm. because, you know, we've talked about in the past how it's so important that you don't just pick and choose scriptures out of the Bible. You need to, you know, read um, in depth across a subject in the Bible because you can get yourself in trouble if, if not, because look at, look at some of these te- texts. Acts 16.31 um, says, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Mm. Uh, you know, so that sounds pretty straight up, you know. Yes. Okay, I believe, yeah. you know, that should be all there is. But if you actually look at that situation and, and that was um, – Paul speaking to the jailer after there'd been the earthquake and all of their chains had had come off and the the jailer was worried that he'd lost all of his prisoners and mm, he was about mm. to kill himself and and Paul yelled out and said hey don't don't kill yourself don't harm yourself we're all still here and he said what must I do and, and, th- and you see uh, sorry to interrupt that probably yeah. that's the big question because that he was not just you know uh, casual about the situation he said what shall I do now? What shall I do? You know, the situation. And this is when uh, the answer was uh, by Peter, you know. Yeah, he was impacted. And sometimes, unfortunately, we have to have some difficult situations in our lives that kind of wake us, mm. wake us up to, to our vulnerability, etc. But what I think is interesting is when you look at, at what happened after Paul said to him, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household, the jailer changed his actions completely. His heart was changed. He actually then took them back to his, uh, they, the, Paul talked to them about the word, and then he then took them back to his, Paul and Silas took them back to his mm, home, mm. and the jailer then bathed their wounds 
where they had been whipped and everything, you know, and then they were they were, they were baptized. You know, so there was there was a change of behaviour that took place as a result of this belief. You know, there's other scriptures. Um, John five twenty four. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Now, if you took that just on its own, you would think that okay, intellectually. I believe there's a God, I believe in Jesus, then then I should be right. Mm. There's another, John 3.18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. So, you know, you can, if you only look at some of those texts, you can think that, okay, well, intellectually I believe in God, but we have to remember, Satan... And the evil angels believe in God and believe in Jesus. Right. So that's, you know, a good argument for the fact that, hey, there's got to be obviously something more required than that. All right. Uh, what about then, um, are there texts in the Bible which talked about uh, additional things like uh, what we must do um, to repent, to turn away from our sins? Yeah, yeah. As, as I said, we've got to read widely. Um, so there's other texts. Um, Luke five thirty one thirty two. Um, Jesus is at a feast that's been put on for him by Levi, a publican, and um, the scribes and the Pharisees are murmuring about the company he keeps. And Jesus answered. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Mm. So Jesus is expecting action to take place mm. as a result. And in 2 Peter 3, 9, he says, it says, The Lord is not slow concerning his promise, as some regard slowness, but is being patient toward you because he does not wish for any to be perish, but for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. And this was Peter talking about the day of judgment and the damnation of ungodly mm. people. So there is an action that's required. It, it, it's clear when you when you look across the Bible and you and you read widely, it's not just an intellectual belief. It's this repentance also. All right. Uh, and uh, what is meant by repentance, Tracy? What does that uh, involve? Yeah, it's one of those words that gets thrown around by religious people mm. and, you know, sometimes there's kind of, you know, not everybody understands exactly what's involved. Some people think it's just, you know, being sorry for what for what you've done. The actual definition of repentance, um, I looked that up and it says the action of repenting, which isn't really helpful, um, which... You know, but it, it says also it means sincere regret or remorse, but it's also a turning away from the sin. You know, God gives us great grace through forgiveness of our sins if we confess them. But with that grace comes a responsibility of a transformation as we allow the Holy Spirit to shape us into law-abiding followers. And, and this doesn't come as a legalistic means of, you know, working my way to heaven, but as a reaction to our understanding of the love Jesus showed for us while we were still sinners by dying in mm. our place. And a good example of that is a woman who's caught in adultery. And that's actually documented in John 8. And, um, this is a situation where, well, pretty much it was a setup for, um, 
the um, Pharisees and, and they set up a woman uh, in adultery and they dragged her before him, before Jesus and said, you know, this woman was caught caught in the act. You know, she needs to be stoned by our laws. And Jesus gave her grace mm. and he actually, I, I just, I wish sometimes that I had I had the gift of the gab like Jesus had because so often he answered so eloquently just by putting a question back to mm. to people you know mm. and he said to them you know the the anyone the first of you who who um what do you say? Um, those of you who don't have any sin, you know, let him be the first to, to cast the stone. A stone. Yeah. And so in the end, you know, the Holy Spirit convicted them all, you know. And, um, but it, it says here in, um, verses 10 and 11, um, Jesus raised himself up. This was after he'd written in the sand, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're not sure exactly what he wrote. Um, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she replied, She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So he gave her grace, but there was also a responsibility and, a, and an action that was supposed to take place in her life. Go, at, you're forgiven, but sin no more. All right, all right. Hey, before I'm asking you a little bit of a controversial question, because we we were just talking a bit earlier about the conflict in Ukraine, and even we pray for Ukrainians, Russians, for Putin. Let me ask you a question, but I just want to turn uh, now to David while we have him in the studio, because I want to take a statement coming from one of our listeners, which uh, sent us a message. And uh, by the way, thank you, Michael, for sending that message. Um, you said that Christians will not be spewed out of his mouth. Now, David mentioned a bit earlier about the state of Laodicea, uh, which says that um, those people will be spewed out of uh, God's mouth. What do you mean, uh, David, when you say that? And how can you um, address that statement? Or Yes, yes. Nick, I'm not entirely certain what uh, Michael means by this, whether he concedes that a church will, or is he talking about individual Christians? Mm-hmm. Uh, that raises an important question, of course. Uh, we, we're we all, shall I say, tarred with the same brush if we're in fellowship and in association with people who are living the wrong way and uh, and we do nothing to, to try to teach others and to reform others. Nick, it's the case that the water that came into Laodicea came from a hot spring, and so it starts off hot, and it, you can drink it. I'm told that you can drink it hot, like you know, you might drink a hot beverage, like a tea, like a cup of herbal tea or something, and then you can drink it cold. But when you take it lukewarm, no one can stomach it, and people do spit it out. So I might just read the words of Jesus there uh, from Revelation three. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. So I guess we just need the Lord's leading us to our, as to how we understand that. But I, I do think that because we are a body of believers, then we've got to work in concert one with another and uh, Paul says that 
that the uh, a, a little yeast goes through the whole batch of dough, and if we if we tolerate wickedness, then we're we're a party to it. Mm. So it does seem that that entire body of believers at Laodicea, whether we understand that only to mean a particular church in history or uh, regard that as a whole period, that there's this whole threat of Christ. And was that, um, if I could ask, uh, David, when um, Jesus in, in Revelation speaks about uh, this, but uh, also you mentioned Paul, you know, addressing different churches where he went around, mm-hmm. um, those churches, churches, they were Christian churches. Yes, they, they, were, were. they were not like uh, those letters were not written to the Gentiles necessarily or to the exactly. unbelievers. They were written to uh, Christian people. And that's what I'm trying to kind of look at what mm. Michael is saying that uh, there is that, uh, of, of course, Jesus will not uh, spread out anybody who will come to him in, in yes. repentance and uh, ask for forgiveness. Yes. Uh, Jesus is, uh, Jesus pay the ultimate price for us. But if we take it easy, you know, we mentioned sometime even in this program about cheap grace. We can um, take it for granted, everything what Jesus uh, did there and don't care about our life. And Nick, can I just uh, chip in there too? Because what came to my mind is a scripture which talks about at the end of time, you know, where people will say, Lord, Lord, Mm. and he'll say, Mm. I never knew you. Yes. And and these are people, they're Christians. Mm. Well, they see themselves as Christians yes. Yes. because yes. they say, Lord, Lord, we, mm. you know, we cast out demons in yeah. your name. We did all these things in your mm. name. And he said, mm. I never knew you. Mm. So, Very well said. Very so good example. Yeah. I just kind of say, I think, you know, and, and, and this is all about each individual has to go to God and 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 say to him you know reveal to me the mm. things that need to be changed in me reveal to me the errors in my thinking reveal yes. to me yeah. it needs to come through their relationship with Christ but unfortunately but, but, there are those who have the the label christian but you yeah. know everyone's on a journey yeah. everyone's on a journey but we do know that at the end of time there will be those who had the label christian yeah. But actually didn't live up to and it. And deny his power. And yes. I, I think that's where uh, Michael is referring to, you know, uh, referring to those people probably um, who are committed mm. uh, Christian to Jesus, to God. You know, they do, uh, you know, their best. I mean, we are all sinners yeah. uh, until Jesus comes. We are not perfect no. by all means. Uh, and I think, yeah, um, Michael referred to those people who are practicing, uh, you know, uh, their faith. Um, but there are people who even they may say they're practicing their faith, but their deeds denies actually that they are following Jesus. All right. Let me uh, throw, uh, come to that question. I'm, I'm eager to, to ask this question, um, David and, and uh, Tracy. Uh, so if Putin were to be convicted, that what he's doing in Ukraine is wrong and uh, he confess he confess his sins and repent he would be forgiven he would be if it was genuine if it was genuine and how do we know we even have a, a saying actions speak louder than words you know because often you know in the heat of the moment people can make promises uh, decide to do things but it's really 
what they do, the actions that they do, that mm. they take, that tell us where their mind and heart are at. And so I would say, you know, we might, if for that to be true, we might need to see things like not only him stopping the war on Ukraine and maybe drawing up an agreement that while ever Ukraine remained at peace with Russia, they would not have invaded again, mm. you know, but... Mm, that might not, not be enough either because people not, might not feel comfortable with that because he wouldn't be the first leader to go against agreements that have been made. It would also look something like, you know, um, him and his government, and probably he could do a lot because, you know, from what I can tell, he's pretty rich himself, giving huge investments to Ukraine to restore the country, giving huge amounts of money for funds for victims' families to be set up as a form of acknowledgement and restitution. So you would expect to see those Actions. It came in my mind that that man who said, "If I wrong somebody, will uh, I will give four times uh, yeah. back." Uh, do you have, David, um, uh, a thought o- about this? What the question I just asked? Well, the beauty of the situation we've looked at earlier in looking at, at those seven churches, and this applies to Vladimir Putin as well, is that now is the season of repentance. So those churches, five out of seven, were in trouble, but none had been judged. So that that is a future matter as mm. far as the writer of Revelation mm. is concerned. And and so is the case for Vladimir Putin. Now is the window of opportunity for him to repent. And we do need to pray that he will be convicted by God and turn around his nation so that that great nation of Russia will again be a great nation. Mm. Mm, very well, very well said. All right, um, just uh, let's move on. Uh, time, I know, uh, I love this discussion, by the way, um, uh, is there anything else in the Bible um, to tell, tell us uh, we must do? Yeah, there are actually. And again, it comes down to this is not about us, you know, legalism and, you know, there's this list of things that we have to do to get into heaven. This is more about when our heart has been transformed and we're right with, with God. He brings us into a desire to want to align mm. our, our life and what we do with what he wants. Now, Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost is in Acts 2.38 after receiving the Holy Spirit. He was preaching on the assuredness that Jesus was was risen and both Lord and Christ. And the people responded by asking, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter's response was, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it wasn't just confess Mm -hmm. and repent. There was also the directive to be baptized all right. I mean, while you're saying that, I may ask this because in many churches, actually, um, it's practiced infant baptism. And, um, you know, a child cannot repent. That's Can he? Like, I mean, when he's uh, six uh, months or six weeks, I don't know, uh, depends on the practices in different churches. They well, cannot repent the from their sins. That's the issue because the repentance goes along with the baptism so you you know you've got to have you've got to be aware of what of of what god's law is to know that you've violated that mm, law and to mm. know that you've sinned so a, a a child is 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 not aware of any of that so you know it it really kind of makes you know they might be baptized and sprinkled and all of that kind of thing but they themselves haven't made that decision they themselves haven't repented of of anything because they're you know 
Yeah. They know nothing about it. And we have an stage. example in Jesus, like yes. about baptism. Can exactly. you share uh, yeah. about so, that a bit? So Jesus himself was baptized. Now this is a perfect individual who had no need to bat- to be baptized. But I believe that was for an example for us, and it's it's actually um, it's it's imagery for us as well because when he is plunged into the waters beneath, that's a representation of us. Dying to our old man, the old sinful man, and being washed by the cleansing of, of, of Jesus' blood. And we rise again, uh, victorious as Jesus rose again, you know, in his resurrection. So there's some, there's some symbolism with, with all of that as well. So I think, you know, it's just important. Mm. If you look in the Bible and you read in the Bible, there was never a child that was Baptized children were dedicated, dedicated to the yeah, Lord, yeah, and that was more about the parents yeah. saying we're committing to ensure that we bring up our child to know Jesus. Absolutely. And now you said this: uh, believe in Jesus, repent, and turn away from sins, be baptized. But um, does the Bible talk about anything else? Yeah, it's really, really important to be born again. Mm. Um, Uh, Nicodemus came to Jesus in the middle of the night, Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees, and he talked to Jesus and Jesus said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, that's baptized, and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, whenever, whenever Jesus said, truly, truly, verily, verily, we know that he's saying, hey, Emphasizing, yeah. Pay, pay attention, mm-hmm. pay attention. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm not mincing my words here. So we know that um, that having being born of the Holy Spirit is essential. Yeah, and you mentioned the word born again, uh, and I would like to just say this: that uh, uh, we don't need to be baptized after every sin and uh, every, every confession. You know, uh, we we make, but after every confession. Actually, we are born again. You know, we have that experience to be born again. And uh, I'm not sure if it was uh, Peter or Paul speaking about this to be daily uh, born again. Um, oh, to die daily to our die, sins. Die, die, die yes, daily, yes. yes. Said, I, I die every day. I'm, I mean that, brothers. Yes. 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 Hey, uh, it's time to take a short break here. And I have a song um, lined up for you here, uh, my dear listener. And that's called uh, Live for Jesus. Please stay with us, don't go anywhere, we'll be back shortly. Oh, I want to be remembered as the girl who sang her songs for Jesus Christ, who was willing to lay down her life. See the light in me 
Welcome back. Uh, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and uh, our regular co-host is uh, Tracy Papandreou. But we are very happy to having in the studio also David Lima from Family Voice Australia. Just lingering a little bit more. Usually I have a short segment with him, but it was very nice to have David a little bit longer. Um, what a wonderful song, uh, "Live for Jesus" by. Um, uh, Evi, uh, I believe uh, that's what we need to do, to live for mm-hmm. Jesus, to um, put aside ourselves, you know, and all our uh, wants and whatever is, uh, but just learn from Jesus, live for Jesus. We have to Jesus. walk the walk, not walk just talk the, the walk, talk. You know? uh, and, and we're asking this um, question today, is just Jesus enough? And it's, it is enough for our uh, faith, but uh, we have things to do ourselves, you know, uh, to be a family, to represent um, Jesus and God. And um, thank you for the questions coming up. Um, also, we are very happy to give you this wonderful book, um, free offer for today, The Truth, The Whole Truth and Nothing But The Truth. This is a wonderful book by uh, George Knight, a very well-known uh, author. And, uh, um, yeah, it talks about, uh, you know, if you haven't discovered, you know, uh, from the Bible, uh, what truth means, uh, he uses the Bible uh, fully there. And uh, uh, the scripture, you know, the most uh, widely distributed book of all times continue to be true today as when it was written and as vital for our generation as for those in past. Because sometimes, you know, uh, new generation, people may think, oh, that's old-fashioned, Bible. I even heard about people saying religion is just for old people. And, you know, now, reality is that there is a God who's in control. And if you haven't met yet God, I pray that... Uh, um, you don't know what you're missing out on. Yes, and, and that God will search your heart and uh, if you are tuning in to this Christian broadcast, that's not accidental. Even if you um, don't have an experience with God, I can assure you that this is a lead. It's a divine appointment mm-hmm. that you are listening to Faith FM Radio. This is not just uh, accidental. But uh, Tracy, in the next few minutes left, uh, which we have for today, uh, I may just... Um, Ask you another another question uh, here. Let me let me see how we are with time. But probably I will ask this question. Uh, but what does it mean to be born again? Because before the break we talked about uh, baptism, be born again, repentance, uh, and how can we become uh, born again? Maybe there is somebody listening which doesn't know what to do and maybe even posing that question what shall i do mm, i i just um, g- give my own personal experience there um i always believed intellectually in god mm. um but you were saying about the bible and how relevant it is today i did a course on 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 understanding the bible and i was amazed because i i wasn't brought up in a faith that really um took hold of the scriptures i was amazed at how relevant the bible is and i realized that um People aren't any different today than they were years ago. The context is the only thing that's that's different. You know, um, I um, 
went through a reading program in the Bible, and I can only say that the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I and I believed it was completely real, and I wanted more of it, and I wanted Christ in my life. You know, mm. it's it's really hard for us to understand where and how you know the Holy Spirit coming into our lives and being born again starts. I mean, um, John three eight says the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. But I know I have been changed. I know I'm not the same person. I know now, you know, my life centers around my decisions center around what I believe. Jesus would would want me to do where before that really wasn't part of it. Mm. You know, and 1 Peter one twenty three says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So we know that the word of God is a key part in there in, in bringing us to that place of being born again. Yes. Um, I just realized that uh, when I was talking about the free offer, the book, again, I haven't gave you the number. I was just carried away again, but <laughs> I will give you the number now and you can still send us a text message with your comments uh, maybe even live uh, radio yeah absolutely <laughs> but the number is zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one and i'll repeat it again zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one and you can send uh, a request for that free offer with the code sa35 SA stands for South Australia, number 35, no space in between them, and our friendly robot will uh, take you further. Um, Tracy, it seems that there is quite a bit more than just believe in Jesus. Yeah. You know, that aspect, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well... You know, it's like David was saying, you know, it depends on what what that all is. Really, all we have to do is believe in Jesus, but... It's what that belief actually looks like. You know, if we allow him to transform us and to change our hearts so that all these other things we're required to do, we do naturally and it becomes part of who we are. Mm. If we've got our belief in Jesus looks like that, then that's, yes, all we need. Um, but some of the things that we need to do, for example, we're told we must forgive everyone. Matthew six fourteen to 15 says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive your sins. You know, and, and this isn't said as a, yes, forgive, but sometimes when it's difficult, that's okay. It's, it's the, 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 the word is, you must forgive. And many times that's going to be particularly difficult for people. You mm. know, I think mm. of some of the horrific things that are, that have happened to people, that have, people have had done to them. And in those situations, it's only a transformed heart and a miracle done in the heart by the Holy Spirit that makes it possible to forgive. But we are told we must do it, but we are given all the tools Mm. we need to be able to do that through our relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. That's wonderful. Now, because of the time, um, I may just ask you, Tracy, and probably even uh, David, just a very quick uh, uh, sum up for what we discussed today. Uh, Tracy, would you be able to just uh, bring it together a bit? Okay, so I'll just kind of go through. We talked about there's believing and there's believing. You know, one might be just a head thing. Another is, you know, this is this is 
the full part of me mm. and, and all of my life I want to line up with this belief system I have. Being born again is what makes a difference. You know, we have a, a pre-born again and a post-born again experience. Mm. If, if, if we've been Christians who have kind of just been walking along the path for a long time, we can pray to be born again if we don't believe we've yet experienced that change in our heart. We know from Scripture that study of the Word is important mm-hmm. to increase our faith, and baptism is crucial as a public de- de- declaration of faith. Yes. So that's, again, you know, actions speak louder than words kind of thing. Um, and And... You know, we will love the Lord and want to follow him. So therefore, repenting and turning away from our sins when the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin is a part of it. Forgiveness is not optional. Mm. Genuine desire to help others is required. So I would sum up by saying, yes, Jesus is enough, but only if your belief in him is a type where you have your heart and will surrendered to him to bring about the amazing transformation of life that is ours to have through him. Oh, wonderful. Thank you for um, for that sum up, uh, Tracy. Just when you mentioned about uh, public declaration, that baptism public declaration just reminded me again how I was baptized in a communist Romania and I was kind of secretly baptized in the house of the minister and because we had a, sh- a small butt there, I could not fit in, you know, to be properly <laughs> baptized. You know? But I've been re-baptized. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> to be sure, to be sure. I, I just thought to, to share that on air. But David, uh, what would you um, say just to bring it up in a couple of words? I love uh, Tracy's summary there, Nick, uh, and especially the bit about forgiveness because, you know, as God has forgiven my sin, what claim can I have against anyone? The immensity of my sin has been wiped away. How could I make any claim against anyone else? Mm. And so because we are forgiven, we forgive others, and we do so with enormous generosity because God has been so generous to us. I'd just love to conclude with this um, this old-fashioned prayer. It's a wonderful old prayer. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 And uh, guys, we have a minute here. Can we do a chain prayer just in in one minute to again uplift um, the people in Ukraine, in Russia, in here in Australia after the floods? You know, um, what about uh, David? If you'll start, and maybe yes, you'll finish. Yes. Okay. Our Father, we commit to you all the problems facing this world, and if only we would turn to you in repentance and faith. So guide the peoples of the world, guide yes. their leaders. We pray, especially in Russia in this current circumstance and be with the people of Ukraine we pray yes. as they cry to you for deliverance in Amen. Jesus name Amen. Amen and we just want to uplift uh, dear Lord those people who left everything behind and they are on the road you know not knowing where they're going and leaving behind family and their husbands I pray Lord that you will comfort them and you'll put your healing hands around them you know and give them hope during these troubled times. And I like to pray also for uh, the Ukrainian community here in uh, South Australia meeting on Sunday at uh, 3 p.m. in Victoria Square. Uh, anyone who can join that uh, will be uh, wonderful. And God, please be with us all. And Heavenly Father, I would like to pray for all of those who are putting their efforts forward to help the 
refugees, those in Romania and Poland and other areas. Lord, I pray that you would um, just guide and direct the efforts, Lord, that um, all of the aid would get to the right places and these people who are in desperate situations, that they will see that they are loved, Lord, and that um, you haven't forgotten them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. That's all from us today. Uh, thank you for being with us. We are inviting you to join again when we are going to talk about uh, is the moral law relevant in the third millennium? That will be a, a wonderful topic also. But uh, until then, may God richly bless you and continue to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.
Just give me the strength to do everything. 